SEO This Week, episode number 32. Hey everyone, my name is Clip Butler and this is Digital Leers SEO This Week. We are going to take you through the latest and greatest on marketing news as it's relevant to search engine optimization, social media analytics, and so much more. So without further ado, let's get going. Our first site is Kiss Metrics, and this is a post about the dark side, why you need negative buyer personas for better customer acquisition. Now, as marketers, you should be creating buyer avatars, customer avatars, as you're so commonly referred to today. And these are the people who you're aiming your marketing at. These are the ones that will make you the most amount of profit for the least amount of work. Uh, typically, you want to have male, female, and, you know, some diversity in, in your um in your avatars so that you know you know different avenues to approach and then you can test and find conversions etc but not many people actually talk about finding the uh, the negatives these are the clients from hell uh they'll suck up all of your time uh, and eventually the amount of effort and work you have to put into in order to keep them uh is reduces your profit so much so to the point that you just don't want them as clients uh, at all. Now, typically time vampires like this will uh, burn through your staff's time, burn through your time. They have no respect for what you do. And you, essentially, every time they call you or you call them to update them, you end up having to resell your services each and every time uh, and frankly these are the clients that you don't want so what this post does it goes into how to identify those in your current customers and then how to create a negative buyer persona so you can kind of whittle out these people before they get into your funnels it's a pretty good post i actually uh, enjoyed it um, and the insights that it provides you can kind of reverse all this stuff if you don't know anything about buyer personas at all um, or you just do what it says and make the, the negative personas. It's a good thing to have, uh, if anything, to help you from finding the wrong people uh, that you don't like working with. Next post is from CRInteractive.com. It's how to use primary and secondary dimensions in Google Analytics. This is actually written uh, very, very, very well. Very well. And basically it defines what a de dimension is. Uh, and then how to use that data to the, uh, <clears throat> the the best way to drill down into that data and use that for your marketing stuff. Uh, it goes into how to use filters and how to set those up. Uh, and also the kind of the pitfalls of dimensions and how if you go a little bit too narrow, you can give yourself bad data. So you just want to be a little bit careful with this stuff. But in the end, it, all those things that... Google Analytics tells you, like the browsers, where the location is, uh, the sites that they refer to, the pages that they visited, all that stuff is a dimension. And now this gives you a tool set for your toolbox to help you use that for your marketing later down the road. Let's go to Blumenthal's.com and understanding why Google My Business uh, and local search. And this is a post called the Spam Hall of Fame. It's actually pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of outing other SDOs uh, publicly because personally, if you're, if you are in the business of 
policing Google My Business or Google My Ma- Google Maps and and running off to tell Google uh, these listings are bad and they're in my market and my client it can't get above them. Basically, what you're doing is you're, in my opinion, you're revert doing reverse SEO <clears throat> in so much as you're not good enough to increase the ranking of your client stuff. So the people that are actually doing it, you want to bring them down. And you use any method you can to do that. Uh, this is an example of, I don't, maybe a spam. Maybe the, the business holds it. You know, I think it could be pretty much, I think it's clear that it is spam. Uh, and the Mike Blumenthal, he is, you know, very good at creating these and so much such as the fact that he's not, doing what other people do and that is they look in their markets and then they out people in their markets that are beating their clients she's pretty much one size fits all kind of dude uh if he sees it in any market any niche he points it out and just says hey look at what's going on here um in this case what the author did was create a listing that has a lot of terms. So in this case, it's Photo Experts, Los Angeles Headshot Photographer, Scanning Lab, uh, UPS Shipping, Notary, and Money Order. Now, clearly, that's not a business name, so it probably shouldn't be in there. However, it's approved. It's verified. Google let it go. So what is a business owner to do when they're in competing with these, and that's uh, make sure your listings are good uh, and make sure you if you're doing your own SEO you have the the right optimizations in place to outrank a listing like that and if you have an SEO agency uh, make sure they're doing that for you the fact of the matter is Google is not going to be able to get rid of all this stuff because it's a platform it's just the way it is uh, any website or platform on the internet is going to be subject to a spam which is going to be subject to people pushing the boundaries and trying to find out what works and what doesn't uh and that's how so-called quote unquote white hat seos know where their boundaries are because it was the black hat seos who were doing that testing uh to find out what works and what doesn't so in this case they know that long keyword heavy titles in a google my business work they shouldn't it should be the business name uh, we all know that, but for the facts right now, it's just the it's a flaw in Google's system that they'll continue to work on to improve. Uh, he does go into how this site had this listing has fake reviews, and he wrote a script. He's saying that helps determine whether reviews are fake. Just looking at the screenshot, and I haven't seen the script. It looks like it's saying that if a reviewer is from several uh, look or reviewing businesses from several different geographic locations, then clearly that's a fake reviewer. I would point out that a lot of businesses, even small local businesses, are embracing e-commerce. So in this day and age, it's possible that a reviewer could be in uh, Arizona and reviewing a local business in New York, for example. So I think... This is going back to whether Google can police this kind of stuff. And personally, in a worldwide economy where e-commerce is taking center stage, uh, I find that that would be location alone would not be a good determining factor of whether reviews are 
um, fake or not. So just my two cents on that. Uh, and as with everything, this brought out a question on Blumenthal's as well, is how long can the Google My Business name be? And they tested that. A couple people did, and they got 100. Uh, someone tried 101. It didn't work. Someone tried 97. It did work. So I think you can add and take away from your name. See what happens if you want to. Just kind of have a little bit of fun with it. Be careful, though. Keyword stuff in these things will get your listings um, suspended. So just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it in, in this situation. So, um, But if you have a business name, it's really long, and you want to highlight the entire thing on your Google My Business thing, now you know uh, 100 is the character limit. Our next post is on uh, HubSpot. It's 20 of the best website homepage design examples. Now there's nine uh, tips here essentially on what makes a good web design typically number one here is who am i what do i do or what can you what can the visitor do here for us the way we answer this and we start it in all of our sites site audits is what is it what's it about and what's in it for me if your homepage can answer those three questions or any page on your website for that matter uh, then you're doing pretty good there's nine other things or eight other things here that you can look at uh, to help out and create an effective web design. So check it out and you'll be doing okay. And then there, if you're looking for ideas, there's 20 great websites. Obviously, these are corporate, you know, larger websites uh, that have a bit of push. And then there are some uh, small businesses as well. But if anything, you come away with some ideas. One thing I noticed here is everyone is using these big old hero images or and but they're using them in conjunction with call to actions which is good local businesses tend to not they'll put those big old images on there and then not have a call to action so if you have to use a big image uh, on the top of your website have a call to action only like one website out of all of these uh, is doing that and does not have a call to action that's wasted space it's probably a bad example of a good home page in my opinion but you can look at these check it out see if you get some ideas next is uh, Moz's whiteboard Friday and this is being presented by Cyrus Shepard seven title tag hacks for increasing rankings it's actually really good I got a couple ideas out of here that I didn't even think of uh, and I'll just skip to those is basically using a uh, your referring keywords inside of search engine uh, search console uh, to create your title tags and then looking also at your um, like what are they referring what are social networks how are they people looking on social networks for a specific thing and then combining those words to make your title tags so that's pretty cool uh, I think you should check this post out if anything you'll get some ideas on title tags I know we certainly did and we'll be implementing a couple of these ideas uh, as soon as possible uh, next, we'll go to Yoast, uh, perfecting your goals in Google Analytics. Goals can be one of the most convoluted things in Google Analytics of all, you know, because how do you set it up? What is it reading? Where do you put the codes? All that stuff kind of, it does make it a little bit harder. This post breaks it down um, almost dummy style, which is perfect for me, uh, to set up the goals and run with them inside of analytics um, you need these for basically let's say you're selling like we sell the page speed optimization service so we have a goal as you visit the first page the the sales page essentially you go to our cart page and then you go to 
the payment processor and then you go to our thank you page our goal is to measure a a conversion when you get to the thank you page and you set that up inside of goals and conversions this is uh, so it's a good walkthrough beyond most of their other posts where they kind of just leave you with the general idea this one actually walks you through step by step and how to do it I also link to a book inside of the SEO this week post it's called Google Analytics Breakthrough that is our Bible here at Digital Ear. Every time we set up a new client in Google Analytics, uh, we run through that book, make sure everything is in conjunction with that. Very good book. Check it out on Amazon. The link is on the web page. Uh, so the next site we're at is Search Engine Land. And it's don't underestimate the power of events filtering when analyzing crawl data. Now, if you are a familiar with such tools as screaming frog or deep crawl then this post will be interesting to you particularly though only if you're using deep crawl uh, because that the, the author you can clearly show that he's promoting it because he's on the he's he says that he's on the uh, customers panel uh whatever that means and so he goes through setting up the filters in deep crawl and using regex and etc in order to clean out some of the noise to make it a little bit more valuable data for you he does it as well for Screaming Frog, but it's more of an afterthought, uh, not clearly not as detailed as he did with Deep Crawl, but still there nonetheless. Uh, interesting, especially if you're using the software tools, uh, and this is more for the uh, DYI SEOer or the agency guys uh, than it is for general knowledge. So if you are just looking for general information, you probably go ahead and skip this post. Next search engine journal, it's uh, Google AdWords introduces remarketing lists for search ads. And what it's really saying is that if you have a remarketing list, you can go to Google AdWords now and create a similar audience, which is awesome. So if you're familiar with Facebook PPC ads, you have custom audiences and then you can create a like audience based off of the demographics of the custom audience that you already have. So Google implemented this, and it is for the search ads and the uh, shopping campaigns. Uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and leverage these on our text ads as soon as possible. And I think it's something that you should try out. The uh, remarketing and like audiences on Facebook are working really well for people. Uh, so definitely a step in the right direction for AdWords. Staying on Search Engine Journal, we're looking at the 16 do's and don'ts you should know about product page SEO. Number one is uh, avail of the SEO basics. You know, title, tag, and meta descriptions are important. Use that stuff. And then it talks about going beyond keywords. But that one, I don't know. I just kind of skipped that one. I think it was written poorly. Um, it's saying... Honestly, I don't really know what he was trying to say in that section. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then think big. Unique product descriptions is honestly should be the number one list thing on this list, in my opinion. Um, because as SEOs and webmasters, we can kind of get bogged down by the minutia of uh, product descriptions. You know, you write 10 or 20 of them, and eventually you're going to get bored with the whole process. So, um, Make but always make sure that you make a point to write unique ones. If anything, 51% unique from the manufacturer's description of the product, and you're going to be okay. And there's a whole bunch more in here. So if you're econ, you're going to like this one. It's a good post. Other than that one keyword section that was written well, you get some good information out of it, and I really enjoyed it.
Our last post is on Ahrefs, and it's to find out how much traffic a website gets, uh, and it's five ways compared. Basically, what this is doing is, let's say we use SEMrush to estimate the traffic when we're doing our site audits, uh, and this offers some other solutions to pull that off. Uh, ultimately, the number one way to find out how much traffic a website get is to ask them, but competitors are not going to tell you that, so uh, you need tools. And the SEMrush by through Ahrefs combinations by, from this testing look to be the best opportunities to pull it off. They're going to underestimate because obviously they don't know all the traffic and it's only based off of search information. Um, however, a underestimation is better than an overestimation. Uh, in most situations so I think this is a, be a good post if you're looking at doing competition research uh, around you then check out the the post and check out Ahrefs and SEMrush um, otherwise just a good general thought knowledge uh, of how to uh, look at these tools and look at the data and its accuracy uh, for your day-to-day -day business well, that's it for episode 32 of SEO This Week. Thank you very much for listening. Again, if you have a website that you would like us to highlight, go to uh, digitallear.com. Click on the SEO This Week in the menu, and there's a form right there. You can submit your website. Please, please, please submit your website that has current uh, information on it. We've gotten quite a few where the last blog post was over a year old. That is useless to us. That is not the latest and greatest news. That is you just trying to get some backlinks to your website crazy SEOs. Hey, have a great day and a great week.